Hey, Philip. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey George. George. Hey. Hey, Tony. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Things are things are good. I can't complain. You know. All right. I'm, uh, yeah. So, uh, how's your business? You busy? Uh, you know, it's it's always it's always a little bit busy because everyone wants everything. Uh, yeah, know, yesterday, yesterday, I know. That's the thing. That's been from day one. I've been, I'm around a lot longer than you, and it's from day one. You know, okay. they, they always think of you last. In their mind, the garment is already made, <laughs> and, and, and they, then they first start looking for you and for me, you know. So, uh, <laughs> that's true. You know. Well, you, well, you so, first. <laughs> yeah, me, you right, come, me you, first. You come, you come first in the, yeah. in the, uh, in the yeah, That's true. That's true, but you're a close second, you know. So <laughs> anyway, uh, and you never get used to it. So it's you know you just never get used to it. Uh, except yeah, for Philip, yeah. Philip always gives you plenty of time. Yeah, that's true. I I uh, I, I uh, commend Philip on his patience because sometimes uh, I'm not able to meet some of his uh, I don't know his his hopeful dead, uh, deadlines, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I try my best. Okay. Really, you know, I always found that interesting because um, everyone says that I'm patient, but I, you know, I don't know what what are other customers like? Are they just really demanding? They just want things done all the time, like now. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, I think it'd be the same answer for both of us. Um, You know, fashion in general is always kind of on a deadline. You know. When they when they're coming to me or to George, they have their deadlines. They needed to be in the stores at X time, and uh, you know if they they can't be late because they'll lose a season. So if they're late getting the uh, styles to you, uh, it puts pressure on uh, me and uh, and George to knock it out. And it's it's just always the case that it always seems that they're. Um, uh, it didn't, never early. I never never known any of my accounts to come in and say, "Oh, we don't need this till next year." You know that doesn't happen. You know, so uh, yeah. you know, the I, 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 always I think mainly there. because it, it it deals with some even before it reaches us. I mean, there's there's probably a lot of decisions that that have to be be made in terms of what they want to do, how they want to do it, and that might that can go. I mean, for a bigger company, that can go through like five or six different people before. Yeah, uh, a decision is even made. So that could be actually uh, anywhere from like three to four weeks before a full thing for one style is even done. I think I, I could be wrong, but yeah, no, you're not. You're yeah. not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. The bigger the company, the more layers you have, and the more approvals you need, and and so on. You know, so um, uh, you know, I've always been. I've been lucky and unlucky. I mean, most of my accounts were, you know, worked directly with the designer. And um, you, you're just working with one guy for one approval and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah. It's, sure. when you when you, your bosses has when your boss has bosses, it becomes more uh, more complicated. You know, so yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that's true. Oh wow! So I was. Uh... Oh, no, go no, ahead. Sorry. Go on, Phil. No, no, no. You guys go. You guys, I want you all to take uh, precedence over me because now I got two experts on the phone. So, <laughs> so I'm not, I don't even have any oh. problem if you guys just talk well, with each other <laughs> and I'm just listening. Oh, really? Well, yeah. 
because I, I actually took a, I took a listen to uh, to Tony the interview that you and Tony had done, and uh, I, I was very interested in in, in the way, uh, uh, not necessarily what you said, but more so the the way of of, of, of how Tony you, you spoke about your father, um, and how you know you essentially assumed an apprentice role through him, and yeah. that's how you learned and and yeah. Um, yeah. When if someone were to ask you, your answer is usually just like you just did it. Like that was the answer. Like as if anyone listening would be like, "Can you elaborate on that?" But in your eyes, I'm I'm pretty sure your answer as you just did it, as if that explains everything, and that everyone who hears that should understand exactly what that means. And um, and and and, and to a certain extent, I, I was asking myself like, "Well, can he elaborate?" But then I I knew how he felt because I essentially kind of learned from from my father. Um, right. Right. And and obviously the and then the, the staff that he had so uh, so I didn't necessarily learn like everything from him but I learned uh, how to learn I learned from him how to learn from everybody else so that that was the yeah. takeaway yeah yeah well I know your father and Peter's Peter's a terrific guy very personable uh, and um, you know and I think in the last conversation I had with. Uh, uh, with Philip, you know, this industry, it, a lot of it has always been a father-son industry, you know. So uh, it's true with me, and it, it looks like it's true with you also. But there's, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you see it more often than not, you know. And it's not uncommon with a lot of industries, you know, even, uh, you know, plumbers union and electricians and, you know, a lot of that is, you know, father-son yeah, type of thing. Like a lot of trades. Trades, yeah. A lot of trades, yeah. A lot of trades, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyway. So I'm curious, how, how far back yeah. do you two go? Uh, do you remember when you first met? Mm. Oh, five I years, actually, right? I don't remember. What do you think? It, well, yeah, for for me, it's, yeah, it's not like five. But then I, I actually don't know how long you knew my father. Um. Because um, I. Uh, yeah. Prior to working I, with me, because I'm. I, I, yeah. I don't remember. He was just my guy. Was like, oh, I, this is Tony. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, all right. That's true. I was working with your father a little bit before I met you. I do remember that. Uh, I had another shop before you guys that I was making my samples with and whatnot, you know, and, um, you know, some small production, whatever, whatever it was. And they, they started, they worked, uh, they went to work full time for Rag and Bone. If you, you know, that company, you know, who yeah. started out with me? They were a small little company, and they became huge. Rag and Bone, you know, they're, they're, they're big players. So when yeah. that that um, that contractor went full time with Rag and Bone, I needed a I needed a new uh, a new a new home, so to speak, because I like to you know um, start a relationship and this way we understand each other, and you know you can talk to somebody. And your father was great. Your father was great, and then over, over the years, he kind of like was stepping back a little bit, and and you took you took over, and you've been great also. So it was a good uh, it was a good marriage, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that. I forgot that was I forgot that was the, kind of like the the link. I I, I just I was yeah. Thinking yeah. I'm like, how do, how, how, do I, how do I actually know Tony? I just couldn't really remember. Yeah, it was Reagan Bone started it. I forgot the shop that was be. Oh, I think a guy's name was William. Your, your father knew who who it was. You yeah, it was. It, it was. It was uh, I've heard that name, William. I don't remember his last name. But yeah, I think William. it was William. Uh, you know, and 
you know, then he just went full time to work work for them. Rag and Bone, you know, bought the company, had them, you know, they were his his only uh, supplier. You know, um, not sure what they're doing now, but he became a big player. That's that's how that's how I lose lose my customers. That's one way to lose the customers. They either go out of business or they get too big for me. You know, so. Um, well, that's I'm not sure what your experience is, how you, uh, how they come and how they go, you know. Yeah, well, I, same. I think. Go ahead, Phil. No, no. Well, I, I guess I, not, not to necessarily interrupt, but that story is that is that common for uh, a brand to just buy the, I don't know, factory or. Uh, not that I know of. I don't know. What about you, George? Uh, not that I know of. I don't think it's common. No. No, no, definitely um, not. I mean, yeah, definitely not. I mean, I think I think I don't know if he necessarily bought the uh, factory, but I think I think uh, my understanding of the story was is that the as a manufacturer, he might have uh, was a maybe like a silent partner, or he put a certain percentage, or mm-hmm, he offered some yeah. kind of compensation to allow the brand to grow, uh, whether it be using resources like the labor or or whatever it is. Some kind of right, share or right, something right. where the yeah. brand was able to take off, and and obviously yeah. that brand is, uh, I, I would say, uh, a very very well known brand. Um, yeah, it's very well known, and they, they became high end too. They were when I started with them, they were kind of on a lower end, you know. And um, oh, really? Uh, and I, I don't know if he actually bought the place. I, you know, I'm 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 just you know like kind of paraphrasing, but I know he took over the shop one way or another. That they were working exclusively for him, you know, and uh, and then you know you don't hear any more about it. That's it. Then, you know, now you're on to the next, uh, 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 you know, the next the next company. You know, so um, yeah, like life goes on. Anyway, that's right, life goes on. You know, yeah. uh, luckily they they kept coming. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, right. But right. but going, so, I mean, going to, back to what you were saying, like yeah, like that's that's what it is. It's um, you offer a service, uh, you do the best you can. And it's kind of like, uh, if, well, what's that thing you said? I think Tony, you said, uh, uh, you said to me once like, eh, this, this guy might have wings or something, something to that effect. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. So, so if, if it has wings, it'll grow, right. It'll, it'll, go, it'll, right. it'll it may exceed you and they'll go on to do right. other things. And then there'll be another right. guy that comes along. So, yeah. 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 We, uh, you know, but the, the, the experiences that we've had, the people that I've sent to you, you know, they ended a lot of it ended at the sample stage. You know, I, I thought those kids with the shirt that we did—I forget their names. Um, I, I yeah, uh, the Martian Hunt. Yeah, yeah, Martian. I, I I thought they had promise. You know, they, they seemed to I think they did. have they a, had, a. They had a. They had a good group of guys. They were there was definitely like yeah. they had to the, the, the fine things. One guy was the designer. Yeah. One guy was. One guy was the talker. He was, he was you know, right. And, uh, they, I think they, um, yeah. They, I, I know. Eventually, they, they, they just, uh, they scrapped the idea. They went their separate ways. Yeah, I, that's, that's, that's what I heard. You know, but uh, you know, go, they go in a different direction, whatever it may be. You know, I, I actually still have one of my shirts in the closet that I, that I, I, I love. You know, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it just fits so nice, and you know. Um, you know, whatever. Nice. Anyway, 
All right, Philip, you're in charge. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> those are famous last words. Um, anyway, I, I, well, I was wondering, um, you guys were, you know, kind of on the on the track. Was uh, for a designer, you know, what if a designer is interested? I mean, uh, how how can they come prepared? Or or when you say they have got wings, like how like what I don't know. What are the attributes of you know, good designers or, or ones that look like we got promise mm. and look mm. like, you know, they, they know what they're doing and, and how to be successful. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've got plenty of, I mean, success stories like you've mentioned, but also some that didn't really turn out. Are, are there any, I don't know, um, commonalities? Well, for me, for me, a designer with a, uh, a strong focus is better. You know, when, when, I, when, I, when he comes through the door and, and gives me, a sketch or he gives me a garment that he made up or, or whatever. The guy that's got the, the focus and the direction that of what he wants, because otherwise, you know, if a designer doesn't give a pattern maker first, you know, the direction, because I kind of, you know, it starts with me. You know, and, uh, and with the fit. So, you know, if he doesn't have a strong direction, I'll just make it, you know, the way I like it, you know, because <laughs> I have my own taste. But I don't want to make it the way I like it because everything will look the same. I wanted to make, make it the way he likes it. And then I've got to convey that to George. And when he goes to George, I'll let George answer what kind of designer he uh, he he prefers, but I like the guy that's strong and knows what he wants, you know. And uh, even if I say to him, "Listen, that's not practical," and you know, let them, uh, you know, let them stand behind uh, what they uh, what they want, you know. And uh, you know, actually, I, I'm not sure about George's experience because I only know my end of it, you know. When it comes to that, what kind of designer I prefer, you know. So. Uh, I, I, I would say because I remember from what I heard on on, on the interview uh, that you guys had, you were saying that like during your time, like the pattern maker was a designer, so that yes. would that would that would make sense because yes. you would want to make sure if you were developing something for someone else, they have to be just as clear in the details that they want, you know, so that you can do your job, right? right? I think right. That that's sense. that's true. So, they, you know, back in that was uh, when my father's day. The guys like my dad, who were the pattern makers in the men's line, talking about men's only now, you know, uh, they were the designers, uh, Petroselli's. These guys basically were tailors, but they, were, you know, they were the designers. Um, so, so and, like, uh, what? So, what were the customers like for your, uh, like, people like your father? Then, like, did they have any idea of what they wanted, or they were just kind of like more like money guys, and they were just like, okay, I can spend this amount of money make me this within this, this amount of, like, was it kind of well, like that? You know, or were they actually designed? That's, that's a good question. I think, I think it was, it was both. They were the guys who just wanted to knock off the guy who's selling the most suits. You know, it was that guy yeah. and he was like a, a money guy. He would say, you know, what's, uh, what's uh, Schwartzy over there doing? And uh, let's, let's make what he's making. You know, so it was that guy. And then there was, uh, you know, Ralph Lauren would come in and say, this is what I want. And then everybody would, you know, just follow the, that, that, that uh, successful guy. Uh, it was it was both. There was the money guys and the salesmen and there mm. were the, uh, 
the designers, the guys who, you know, wanted to forge their own way. Unfortunately, <laughs> my experience is the guys that made the money were the money guys. And the guys who forged their own yeah. way, a lot of them fall by the wayside, you know. So, right. That's, and, uh, that's, George, your yeah, experience is you, you deal a lot more with women's people, you know. And I don't know if you deal with the designers or you deal with the shop people. I'm not sure, you know, how much uh, of the both, people I you know, see that you all. see, you know. I think a little bit of both. Um, I mean, I definitely see it from, I probably, you know, you have had, you've referred some people uh, who are more of the designer aspect of it, um, mm -hmm. who have yeah. no understanding of like how to budget things. They just know how to design. Yeah, right. So, that's true. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's tough because at the end of the day, you know, uh, bottom line, you know, money is, is important because you, you could easily blow through, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and yeah. not have anything to sell yet. Uh, obviously depending upon the, what you're trying to do. Uh, yes, exactly. But, exactly. Um, but yeah, but I, I'd like to, I like, there are, I, I've dealt with designers who are very clear on what they want and who actually are, you know, pretty good at, at, uh, at understanding what's required of figuring out, what they need to get in terms of monetary funds to, 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 yeah. uh, it, supply the thing like, you know, uh, fabric consumptions and things like that and, and details like that. Some people have no idea. Um, yeah. So a lot of them have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're kind of right. like, they, they, they're yeah. like, Oh, I gave you, yeah. I gave you uh, a yard of fabric so I can get a whole jacket. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. no, right. you know, so, right. um, but these, I mean, I don't know if these are necessarily technical things, uh, Sometimes I think of it as more of a, a sort of a common sense thing, uh, but people get confused when you ask them like, "Oh, how wide is the fabric?" or uh, things like that. They're like, "Oh, what do you mean?" And uh, you know, so. Um, but that's but that's what we're here for. We're we're here to provide a service, and uh, yeah. some people know yeah. just as much, and some people know nothing. Right. So, right. Um, you know, some questions are legitimate, and some questions, you know, you say to yourself, "Well, why is he asking that question? He should know, he should know the answer to that question." But you know, you got to treat everybody the same, and you know, at the end of the day, you're there to make money, so you don't want to say, "What are you, an idiot?" You know, you don't know that. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, know, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you yeah, want to make sure they come back. Line, you know. All right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And you try to help them as much as you can. You, I know you do, and I do. You know, you try to help them as much as you can. You, you, you give them your opinion. You know, they say, "This is what I want." I, I give them my opinion, and let them decide. You know, it's you know, just one more opinion, basically. You know, yes, five guys. You know, about the same garment, they give five different opinions. You know, so. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I, I've had those experiences during uh, during a fitting where if um, we do the first fitting and then um, one person like like thinks it's amazing, then the person's like, "No, we want the fit to be completely different," mm -hmm. yeah. which yeah. was not discussed earlier. So then you know, then yeah. a lot of time a lot of time is eaten up uh, by these decisions uh, that need to be made. Um, like you know, like right in front of me when when I say, "Okay, well." why don't you guys come back to me? Then they have a discussion at the time. So, um, but, but yeah, but you know, everybody's different. Every customer that I have is, is different. Uh, I'm yeah. sure yeah. you could, yeah. you could, yeah. you could, it's, you could it's, it's the, same. Well. Uh, the same with me. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
You know, the people I like, you know, I'm trying to accommodate the service. Yeah. Have you done any work for Ducky Brown? Did I ever send you any work from him, Ducky? I think so, right? uh, Yeah, it was was, uh, many years ago, but I think we we only did like a couple samples. It was just like once or twice. Right. Um, well, he and, was a pretty innovative uh, guy. He 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 knew what he wanted, but we had worked together so long that, you know, our, our meetings were brief, you know, that uh, he would come in with some, some rough sketches. And I got it right away because I knew his look. I knew what he, he wanted, and he trusted me with, with uh, fit and whatnot because we had long experience with him, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, those were guys that, you know, Easy to work with and uh, and interesting to work with. You know, I I always enjoyed working with him with uh, Stephen. You know, oh, uh, interesting. But yeah. you know, listen, yeah, and, 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 and makes, some people that are impossible. I'm sorry. Right. It, it, no, it can, and right. It makes it makes the job more enjoyable when yeah, uh, it does. There's a certain degree of understanding, so that right. you know they're brief with their descriptions enough so that. Um, you know what right. to do, and then you do it, and right. then and you continue the process. Yeah. Uh, George, let me ask you: Did you ever get somebody to come in and give you a project, and you and you say to yourself, uh, you know, when the guy leaves, you talk to your father, saying, "I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can do what this guy wants." You ever get something like that? You know. Uh, and, and, and you I, gotta, I think I think I've I think I've done I've done something like that. I've done a few a few of those early on when I, when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started right. working with him, but he he would always uh, say to me things like, you know, just like you can just do it. Like you don't like why why yeah. why 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 do you not want to do it? And I don't have an yeah. answer, so then I have to yeah. find. Well, the know, answer is I'm lazy. I don't, so, like, you know, I don't feel like you know. Yeah, I don't feel like putting maybe, that much time and mind. effort into it. Yeah. Right. Or my right. understanding of it was maybe not as, uh, you know, maybe at the time I, I didn't feel confident enough to maybe do whatever was requested. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, right. But but he was he was he was always he I mean he's you know he's still here. he's he, you know he was always giving me uh, kind of like a pep talk and or or more mm-hmm. so uh, not really much of a pep talk but more like a like you better do it. <laughs> and yeah, uh, okay, okay. And right. and I found a way. I mean, obviously, I, I you know I'm very lucky. I had I had uh, a good staff. I have a good staff and uh, people that have worked for my father for a very long time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good operator is very helpful. You know, they'll say, you know, you know, we can't do it this way, but we can do it this way. You know, a good operator. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. I was with Rocco, he he would get these projects from some of his designers and whatnot. And uh, he had one one woman, she was just devoted to him. You know, he she, she was his main sample maker. She would do a... A muslin or a not, a not you know, a, a mock-up. He, you know, there was no such thing with Rocco as a muslin. Um, you know, it was always some fabric he had that was uh, 200 a yard that he was throwing away. You know, and he'd make up something like that, and you know, get his get his feet wet a little bit, and then make his little corrections, and then let him do another one and whatnot. And uh, right, that's important. You know, so I mean, that's, he had his one go-to person. That um, uh, he um, he he liked to experiment with, you know, and she was, and she understood him. She, you know, she would do, yeah, you know, he would show her, and, and, and he, he made that's... some amazing stuff, Rocco. You know, um, nice. you know, we're talking about Rocco Ciccarelli, you know, uh, uh, 
So I've never met him, yeah. but I've, I've heard a lot about him. And, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Well, you're working with the people who worked for him, Philip. You know, all those people all worked right. for Rocco, you know? <laughs> no, at least most of them, yeah. So, yeah. Um, they're all really yes. good tailors over there. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, I think... Oddly enough, um, I, I threw up a picture, uh, and someone was actually wondering where I got that jacket, so I, I shared it with them. And of course, they they Google, and of course, of course, it's like, oh, I don't really get any hits on the, on the internet. And then I had to, oh yeah, forgot they don't have any computers. Um, you're probably gonna have to call or fax them. Um, no, no internet presence or whatsoever. <laughs> so, I, did did right. Rocco operate that way as well? Was he all kind of like very, you know, tech, uh, not too much technology? Well, uh, George didn't know Rocco, first of all. He, um, um, you know, they basically ran in different circles. But did, uh, uh, so what was the question now with Rocco? Did he? Well, well, I mean, because he seems like kind of a, I don't know, kind of maybe a slightly well-known figure. Uh, Was he, was he marketing himself, I guess? Because compared to the. the, No, no, he he never did any marketing. No, he was all, you know, you either knew him and everybody knew him. You either knew him or you didn't. It's the same with me. I never did any marketing. Right. People people knew me. <laughs> yeah, I was you know? that I mean, yeah. I always said maybe I should have, you know, and but uh, I didn't, you know. Right. Uh, it's a different yeah, world in those days, out. you know. Industry. Yeah. In the industry, yeah. Because I, I know. That's how the industry is. Yeah, the the way I found you was uh, someone long in it, she did women's clothing, I guess, in Long Island. And when I messaged her, she mentioned, "Oh, I only do women's, but this guy he does men's." Why don't you ask him? And I, I don't even remember her name anymore. I mean, you probably don't either. But it was just you know, okay. Then I had your phone number, and I just called you out of the blue, and he said, "Sure, come in." <laughs> it was yeah, uh, right, yeah. Right. yeah. And how how long ago was this? <laughs> Jesus, gotta be, gotta be. Three, four years. Well, it's at least three years, right, Philip? Maybe four? Yeah, How long it's, ago? it's been a very long time. I, I think. It's, it's um, been a long time, yeah. Yeah, very, yeah. very long time now. Um, right, right, well, right. But the boys were still in, uh, you, you know, you, the shop where you're going now, Best, uh, Best, it's called, right? Right. Uh, that's the first shop you started with. You didn't go to Long Island City, am I correct? Right. No, I never never met Rocco. Never right. Okay. Island. Okay. So it was after, after that, right. Okay. Well, you know, while, while you guys are talking, I did have a couple questions pop into my head. Um, to, yeah. So, Tony, you mentioned innovative. Um, I'm, I'm curious from your, like, from both of your perspectives, because you're actually you know, a little more technical with the, the clothes. I mean, from your perspective, what is innovative? Well, you know, like, <clears throat> my take on innovative is a designer like Tom Brown, where everybody is making, you know, suits one way. And he comes up with this idea of he wants it so small that it won't even fit anybody. Okay. (laughs) That was innovative. That was, that was cutting edge because we would, you know, it was a shouldered coat and he came up with that really, really small coat. And, um, we all thought he was nuts, you know, who the hell's going to buy that? You know, it doesn't fit anybody, you know, but he struck a nerve and it, it caught on. And, um, and it was because of Tom Brown that men's clothing got smaller. If you look at the news guys now on TV, you know, the national news, and you just see how small 
the coats the coats are on them. You know what I'm talking about, George, and YouTube, Philip. Yes. You know when you look at <laughs> yeah, the guys on TV, it, you see that they're almost busting, some of these guys are almost busting out of the suits. You know. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, so that's that's what I call innovative. It even gives a guy like you know they got Lester Holt on uh, on uh, national news. He's a big guy. He's got to be over six feet. He is built. He is. I mean, he you know. Even a guy like that has to wear a smaller suit. And that's all because of Tom Brown. So that's what I call innovative. A guy who has a radical idea and catch and it catches. You know, a lot of people would come into me and had radical ideas and it wouldn't catch, but he did. You know, <laughs> he did. And uh so that's my uh, definition of uh innovative, you know. Um George, George was more involved in the women's line, and I'd be curious what what you think about innovative. Innovative. I don't. I well. I, I let I let designers really talk. I I uh, I'm not really sure how to how to uh, well, well, to be okay. innovative. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> take, taking on your previous uh, example, where you meant where you mentioned you might have gotten things that you questioned whether you could do. I mean, was that because you know, they, they were like technically demanding ideas. Yeah, or just... technically, that's what I'm talking about. Technically demanding, you know, things that. Uh, oh yeah. You know, it's um, one thing to one thing to draw it, another thing to make it. You know, so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, technically demanding in terms of also like price point. Like if some people are not aware of, you know, what you can do within a certain amount of time and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I, for me, the pricing has to reflect the amount of time that's dedicated to it. Because uh, you know we're providing the service, so time is everything. Um, right. So uh, there's, a, there's and with that time, there's processes like first fits, second fits, uh, drapings, things like that. So sometimes, like you were saying about the whole drawing thing, uh, some designers don't understand that uh, what you can sketch doesn't necessarily translate to the same thing when you actually use it, do it in fabric. Uh, yes. So um, sometimes during a first fit. Uh, they'd be very confused and um, sometimes even though I might have given them um, some kind of like uh, uh, what, what is the word I'm looking for like um, kind of like a, a pre not hope but like a, like, a, like kind of like a warning if you will like like it might turn out a certain way or this and that and they're like no let's just try it anyway and then you know they have like this uh, wishful thinking um, but then you know, so it could be something as simple as like they want to use a specific fabric and I tell them, oh, that, that kind of fabric won't translate to whatever this. And they're like, but I, I really like this fabric. I just want to try it. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's try it. And then, so we do it. Yeah. And then, then it turns out the way I, you know, pretty <laughs> close to what I had said would happen. And, uh, and then they're kind of upset. And then I'm like, well, you know, and then, uh, and then they, uh, for that fit, they, you know, they hired like a fit model, which probably cost anywhere, you know, uh, could have been uh, close to like a hundred something dollars an hour. No, yeah, 150 an hour is, is entry level now. Yeah, and and uh, oh, isn't I didn't know that. Uh, but uh, yeah, at least it is in the men's. We we used one guy. He was 100. I think 150 is the going rate for a good fit model. You know, somebody really? somebody's okay. in demand. You know, you know that was my but, second uh, you know. question. <laughs> that was going to be my I'm sorry. Question. That was going to be my follow up question about fit models because I know oh, uh, that's a was, whole nother world. Well, that fit was a couple. <laughs> it was like the mid. I don't. I can't remember when, but I remember the New York Times. They ran an article about this one fit model who does a lot of men's 
stuff for right and he was brooks brothers but also all these other big men's companies and mm -hmm. well you know mm -hmm. i you you briefly mentioned it once to me tony and i'm curious on your uh, your both of your perspectives is that does anyone those are still used that's still a thing um these days well anytime anytime i used a fit model i only used one guy okay his name was carlos stafford and i think he's still around the guy was a 40 regular Okay, he wore 33, was 33 waist, 34 maybe, 33, 40 regular. I always do this one guy. He was, <clears throat> you know, he he's not, not a kid. He's a, you know, mature, mature guy. Uh, he's got good taste. He gives you good feedback. He doesn't give you too much. You know, the, the, the women fit model, they never keep their mouths shut. And I shouldn't say that you know, <laughs> over the air. <laughs> you know, uh, okay. they 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 tend to comment quite a bit. The, the women I've worked with, you know, and uh, the men, he'll you know, he ask a question, answers your question, and that's it. You know, no no more. He doesn't uh, you know expand. You know, because the more you talk, the more you 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 put doubts in people's minds. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, am yeah. I right, George? You know, so. Yeah, definitely. But then, even that—I uh, mean, the, the the fit models that I've, I dealt with were uh, were not necessarily that you know that uh, vocal. It was more so the designer there to really just—they were kind of like the interrogator. Of, I almost felt mm -hmm. bad for the fit model because they would they would say, you know they would kind of like you know see how the the garment make the make them walk a certain way, make them hold a certain pose. And, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they're yeah. paid for. Because they want to see if the garment functions properly. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess. But, right. Uh, yeah. 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 I got yeah. A, little, I mean, I, I, a little bit with women's wear, but mostly, you know, my thing was uh, men's wear, you know, and uh, and typically in men's wear, <clears throat> we you don't even they don't even use fit models, you know, because yeah, you really most of the times well. men are running the company, and there's always somebody around that can try it on, you know, yeah. and even if they're not <laughs> the greatest the greatest model. They know what their problem is, you know, and the uh, same with me. I put clothes on all the time, you know, and, yeah. and I know I know my my shortcomings, and I know what to look for with my uh, <laughs> with my <laughs> my shape. Although I do remember my father telling me one time, this is a, this is a true story, you know. He 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 told me he says Anthony he says if you if you ever want to sell a garment. Don't try it on. <laughs> he says, don't try it on because you don't you don't fit well. <laughs> you know, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't. How old were uh, you when he told you this? <laughs> oh, I was, I was young. I was, you know, probably in my twenties or something. You know. But I, I'll never forget that. He says, if you want to sell something, don't try it. You know, you're gonna, you, you got the guy's gonna hate it. You know. <laughs> So uh, I I started using the form a lot more than uh, I used my own body. <laughs> but when nobody was looking, I would try it on because I'd get a feel for oh, things. Yeah. I'd get a feel for how high the armhole was. I'd get a feel for, uh, you know, uh, I, I knew I had a, I had a stomach. But if the, if the waist was too tight, I said, hey, you know, this has got to be let out a little bit, you know, and, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, it's I good that you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't listen all the time because, because that, that actually yeah. helps your you and your learning and your in your in, in uh, uh, you know honing your skills for your craft as a pattern yeah. maker. Yeah, Because you need to know how it it Yeah, you need to know how it feels. You know, you need to know how it feels. You know, I I had one one guy 
sent me a coat. <clears throat> he was up in uh, Massachusetts, and he was having trouble with the fit. And he says, I just need a little tweak. So he sends me the coat. I said, right, let me look at it. I, I put it on, and I said, it was it was the worst fit I ever ever had. It was, it was horrible. I couldn't move my arms forward. The, the armhole was just biting me like I couldn't believe he sold this damn thing. He was pretty successful with it. Hmm. You know, he had a nice make, beautiful fabrics, you know, fancy interiors and whatnot. But it was horrible. It was just, just horrible. And I would have never known the problem if I didn't put it on myself. Okay. So I knew what the problem was. I made drastic, drastic changes to it, you know. I basically redid the whole thing, you know, and, uh, and it came out great. You know, he loved it. He loved it. So um, you know, we had a, a pretty good relationship until he screwed me out of a lot of money, and that was the end of that, <laughs> which was not the first wow. time. It probably won't be the last either, you know, but uh, that happens, you know. I mean, it wasn't his fault. He, his <laughs> business wasn't doing well, you know. Anyway, that's another story. But you got to try things on, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. So, uh, so you I, know, I guess for aspiring designers or, you know, folks on kind of, I guess, a shoestring budget or whatever you call it, not uh, not exactly 100% necessary, right? What's not necessary? The, the Sorry, having uh, a professional uh, fit for... model. Uh, oh, yeah. Not for no. me. It would be more for George because he can't try on a dress. Oh, you know? yeah. Okay, yeah. that's well, also. Oh. So I have customers that try on for themselves. So, although the range is pretty drastic, I have short people who are skinny, short people who are chubby, uh, tall people who are skinny, tall people who are chubby. So it's it's uh, right. it's weird. But designers <clears throat> use them. I don't know. Across the board, it's almost like as if designers use themselves as e either as a small or a medium, male or female. Like if a person's yeah. on the shorter side, they'll call themselves a small, and uh, and if they're taller, they'll call themselves a medium. Uh, huh. yeah. Okay. So you see that a lot, then, George. Yeah. You see the the designer themselves trying to dress on, right, or the garment on, yeah. the jacket. Uh, well, yeah. So I, I, you know, I've had uh, uh, males and females. Uh, some. Uh, who come try? I mean, like yeah, recently, for some reason, I've been doing a lot of uh, swimwear, so I've had some designers mm -hmm. who actually come in, and they're more than willing to just try it on, and they'll come on. They're like, "Oh, uh, you know, I just need you to like make this a little bit tighter or whatever," and they just, yeah, you know, yeah, they're just trying it well, on. Well, right? you know, if they know what they want, then you know, makes yeah. makes it easy. You know, swimwear is yeah. difficult, though. I got to tell you, don't you need special machinery for swimwear? Uh, uh, you do for 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 like the uh, uh, for like the binding and stuff like that too. Yeah, the elastic around the legs and, and things like that, right? Yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but we're, we're definitely can do the uh, the sample. Uh, the production depends on what they want in the end, but um, yeah, so, yeah, we've yeah. Been, yeah, we've been been okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I got involved with swimwear once. It was a nightmare. Yeah, you know, it was for me. It was a nightmare because it wasn't. You know, I was out of my. I was out of my comfort zone uh, totally. But somebody talked me into it. You know, um, you know. I, I'll tell you though, we did do a lot of swimwear for Ralph Lauren, but that was more like the right. boxer shorts. You know, there was it wasn't the the speedo type of bathing suit that you needed. You know, all this uh, yeah. elasticity. You know, the boxer shorts were 
you know, they were like very Trump. particular. Yeah. You know, Ralph Law was very particular, but uh, uh, we, we we made him happy. You know, we made him happy. So, and he had his own. And you worked model. directly with. With, with and, did, and did you work with like his like was this before he had his like team of designers and stuff like that that would no this was way yeah, after he was already you know he was he was the 800 pound gorilla now he's a 1200 pound gorilla you know uh <laughs> no we had a uh my customer had the license you know for his um uh, uh, like uh, 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 pajamas and robes and bathing suits. He had that license. Got it. And he was in Long Island City. And um, uh, so he hired us. He hired, he hired me and another fellow who I was, you know, partnering with at the time uh, to, um, you know, make the patterns and, you know, make, this, make the samples. So, you know, we, and we did. And, um, and he would... But he's another one, you know. He had a great fit model, um, great young kid, but fit fit beautifully, and um, handsome kid. Uh, we'd go to the uh, <laughs> to his offices. First, he was on uh, 57th Street, and he's when he was on Madison Avenue. And every time he would fit yeah. the bathing suits, and so a lot of the girls who worked in the office would would make you know make a point of passing by the open door to watch him. <laughs> fit the bathing suits. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wayne, I think his name was, whatever. Uh, but anyway, he never got an approval the first time with Ralph. No matter what you did, you never got an approval. You know, it would take four, yeah. four or five times fittings to make them happy. You know, so um, anyway, it was an uh, interesting arc in my Long but he was career. he was there for the fitting. Ralph himself. No, was there he never he never saw him. Like, he was he was oh, in yeah. Connecticut playing with his Jaguars. You know, uh, no, he was never there. He had a very interesting way of designing. <clears throat> Ralph Lauren. He would send out his you know um, people to shop to shop the market, and he would shop the market worldwide. I mean, he'd send them to Europe and. And to to give them a theme, like we want to do a jungle theme, let's say, for argument's sake, you know. And they would shop the market, and they would buy all these antique clothing, and they'd have a tremendous budget. They'd bring all the clothing back, and then another team would sift through it, and they'd, they'd make a board up. They'd put these tremendous boards with different looks, you know, different jackets and hats and you know, because he, you know, he was a he did from a soup to nuts, and then he would pick what he liked. He said, "I like this look with this. I like this with this. Yeah, give me this, but change that." You know, that's that was his later like years call, way of designing. They call them you know, uh, mood boards, years. right? Uh, I'm sorry. I, they call them mood boards. I think like you'll have all the. I, I you know what? I don't know. Maybe I never. I had never seen it before. You know. Uh, yeah. But uh, make no doubt that man was an extremely talented guy. You know, he was, uh, he knew his stuff and he had a taste level that was just, just fantastic and still does. And that's why he's, uh, he's the top of the heap, you know, so, uh, yeah. nothing goes out of day without his approval. Even the, yeah. even the sheets. For One the of best. the greatest American designers. Yeah, absolutely. Ralph Lauren is it, you know? He's it.
So, um, it was, you know, you learned a lot working for a guy like that, you know, uh, he was, he was, he was good. I, I actually only met the guy one time <clears throat> and, and even oh, that, I, I did get to meet him, but I met him in an elevator. He didn't even know who I was. You know, my father was still, you know, he didn't even know who I was. It was, it was, and it was doing a subway strike. I get in this elevator and I've been riding my bicycle all uh, New York City, you know, because there was a subway strike. And, uh, and I get in the elevator, I look like, I look like a delivery boy. I, I think I had the bicycle with me and I see him, I introduce myself and he remembered my father, or at least he remembered my dad's name. And he, oh yeah, yeah. I know your dad. And, you know, I know your dad. He was, he was still, uh, and he was very nice and you know that kind of thing so but that was the only time i ever met the guy so oh cool yeah yeah so that was like what in the 80s no it's probably ah, like probably yeah well like right i think early or i don't know late 70s? when john john Lindsay was the mayor i think at the time it might have been the oh, what was it it was the 80s 70. it was the early 80s that's when it was it was the early 80s yeah 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 i'm sure i'm, I'm sure that's what it was, which uh, were interesting times, you know. Uh, we we were very very busy in those days, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I was going to ask like, who were your biggest clients during? Like, I, I, I that was like the time probably like right I was, as I was uh, around when I was born or as very young, uh, like an adolescent. So I'm kind of curious, uh, like who were your biggest clients at that time? Hmm. Oh, I don't even know if I remember. You know, or or, or if any, we I had mean, we had people like may not, um, may not stick out yeah, we had we had in those days in the seventies and eighties we had like there was a lot of small manufacturers, okay, uh, small they would do the cutting, they'd make the patterns, and they'd do the cutting, and they'd send it to a contractor. And it was all on Fifth Avenue between 14th Street and 23rd Street, Fifth Avenue, Broadway to you know, Sixth Avenue. That was the men's garment uh, area over there, you know. And Broadway to Sixth. And these and guys would, you know, from 14th Street to 23rd Street. Okay, Fifth Avenue was the main, the main uh, uh, area, but Broadway had tons of clothing. And so did Sixth Avenue and every block in between. There were all there was all the men's wear uh, part of New York City garment industry, you know, until uh, I think advertising came in or whatever, and then we moved to uh, where we are now on 35th Street. You know, you're on 39th. I'm on. I was on 37th. Mm-hmm. You know, so but the men's people were downtown. You know. Uh, no, not mm. really downtown, but it was, and it was gorgeous down there. I loved it, you know. But, so a lot of brands, but I mean, a lot of small time guys, but no big brands. No big brands, no right. big brands. But that was our mm. stock and trade. The guys, they did, you know, be, you know, making patterns all the time. There was always a new style coming out. There was all these little, little, little manufacturers that did, you know, maybe two million dollars a year. You know, in those days, that was a lot of money, uh, and that was our our main guys. There was one guy I remember. Uh, distinctly was our biggest customer, and this is more my dad's thing than mine. The name of the company was Barry Walt, and they made nothing but outerwear. It's tailored top coats, overcoats, tailored. Nothing with a nothing with a zipper, okay? No, you know, not that kind of outerwear. Just tailored 
and top coats, overcoats, and things like that. They were a huge, huge customer. There wasn't a week that went by that we didn't work for that the, those people. And he had his own shop and his own cutting. And that was a typical customer, guys a little bit smaller than Barry Walt, you know, who had their, their, their own cutting rooms. And they would even either use a contractor or maybe they had a small shop in the back. Uh, oh, St. Laurie. With their own operators? Yeah, their own operators, their own little shop, you know. And one of the last of that breed was a company I had was St. Laurie. I don't know if you know the name, the menswear. And they segued you into know. being in custom, custom tailors. But he had a little shop in the back and he made his own clothing. But when I was working for him, he had a big shop. And, you know, and made clothing, uh, you know, it was off the, off the, uh, you know, off the rack. Uh, you got a ready, ready-made mm-hmm. suit. Now he's all custom. Uh, I think he even closed that shop too. But it was Saint Laurie was the name of the company. So, but those were the so customers, the, guy, the guys. There were no big name guys that I that we worked for. Because big name guys, you know, they they would have five guys like me working for them. You know, so it was always the smaller guy that uh, was our customer. Yeah. So and they were trying. Where were they trying to sell? Like. At their own suits. shop, or suits. Were trying to get into, suits. Well, were they trying to get into Macy's and stuff like that, or was that a well? Was that kind of yeah, like a you know, or? or small, or small, you know, men men's shops. There are all these small men's shops around the country and whatnot, you know. And they'd, yeah. you know, they'd go to their shows, and you know, uh, they were men's men's shows that they open up a booth, and they would sell little specialty stores, you know, your local men's men's shop that you see in the mall, or you'd see. You know, on the on the corner, they was, and they still they still exist. You know, and these people are buying clothing from someplace. You know, mostly China now, but that's where they're buying. You know, they're still buying. You know, small small mm. men shop. I mean, they would love to sell Macy's, but uh, you know, the the big guys would sell Macy's because they couldn't compete with the prices. I see. Yeah, I see. So, so they they were know. they were trying to like start their own uh, kind of like distribution distribution channel. By themselves, yeah, essentially, yeah, and then selling to yeah. other small shops, yeah. But like yeah. having more, the more having like right. the shows and it's all in New York. So like, how far would it go? Like, would you make it in New York and then ship it to like I don't know Kansas City and sell with a guy sure. in Kansas Absolutely. City trying to open a small right. shop? Right, right, right. If the guy in Kansas City knew about you, you, there were these shows in Manhattan. I don't think they still have them anymore. But these clothing shows, they uh, the association, whatever association it may be, they would take a whole hotel. And and each manufacturer would take a a room, you know, a suite of rooms, and show their line. And then the buyers would come from all over the country. And uh, you know, if he's looking for shirts, it's this section. If he's looking for, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, jackets or outerwear or suits, you know, so there's a men these men's, um, you know, men's clothing shows. The biggest biggest one of all was called Magic which was in Las Vegas. Mm, yeah. And I don't Vegas, know if you've heard of that, but that was enormous. Yeah. It was, you couldn't cover it in a week. You couldn't cover the show. It was enormous. I think it was a million square feet they had. Right. And I remember, these, I mean, that was definitely big in the 90s, right? 90s, 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds right. Right. Yeah. Those, 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 it was almost like, uh, it was almost as big as the Super Bowl. It, it, it brought people from all yeah. around the country. All around the world, they they would come to Magic. Magic was the the, the, uh, all around the world. Yeah, 
All around the world, like absolutely. Parties, man, like the week. Oh, yeah. Thought, yeah. I had friends, I think around the time they were saying that they just wanted to go just for the party. They could care less about like what, yeah, you know, okay. what to buy. I'm not surprised. Some of them were buyers, but they didn't care yeah, about it. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I went once to Magic. Yeah. I went once to Magic to see if I can talk some of these guys into uh, buying patterns from me because they're always, you know, they're making suits and they need patterns. But it was a waste of time because all you met over there were the salesmen. You didn't meet the guys you needed to meet, you know, the owners and the uh, the shop people. You know, you didn't meet those people. You met the salesmen. They didn't want to talk to you. They wanted to talk to the buyers, you know. So, but was, they wanted uh, end product. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, they, they didn't. They didn't care what they didn't, they didn't care what I was selling. They were they were there selling. They didn't want to go. They weren't in there to buy anything, you know. So, didn't work out well for me. But I tried, you know. I see. So, so you did. So you do try to market, like, how, yeah, I, I guess I did. Of, yeah. How did? Yeah. How did? How did yeah. you get? How did? Uh, what made you uh, do that? Because that's that's kind of like a you know, because you gotta you, you know you gotta get yourself set up. You gotta figure out what to bring out there. You, you know, make, obviously make the trip out there. And, well, and you know, the other thing I had to bring out there was uh, was my business cards. You know, I you know I'm not gonna be taking patterns with me and show my pattern. You know, they, I mean, they, they either know what I do or, you know, I'm on to the, I'm going to the next, next guy, you know? So, uh, you know, I told them what I did. It was a pattern maker. No, I did try that sort of thing. And, you know, I, I had a mailer one time. I tried a mailer nothing I ever did mark the market. My business worked. Okay. Nothing, nothing worked. All right. And even, even when it did work, you got George. I don't know if you got this experience, but you got you got all the all the all the junk and all the all the the people that didn't have a home, all the stray cats. You know, you never got anybody <laughs> substantial. You know, so uh, my marketing was uh, not my forte. You know, it's a good thing I made patterns better than I did marketing. Otherwise, I was I would be slower. <laughs> you know, so anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, not easy to promote the business like we're in, you know, because it's such a yeah. uh, technical, so like you said, technical when, thing. That, that's 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 kind of part of the the uh, the qualm with it, because the belief that when people do tell us to do these things, like, oh, you you need a website, oh, you need to like promote yourself on social media, but then mm-hmm. it's like the you know like the work is not really for that. Then you get the people calling you asking you like, oh, how much is it to make a suit? can I, uh, can I come see you? And then when, when you explain to them that it's not just like a one-time thing and they're like, Oh wait, I have to go buy the fabric. And then I have to do this <laughs> right. and I have to try it right. on. And then, yeah. you know, and then yeah. they're like, wait, so we're yeah. looking at like, you know, almost like a few yeah. thousand dollars. Like, like yeah, no, exactly. I'm just going I'm, I'm exactly. to walk down yeah. the street and go buy it at, uh, I don't know, H and M or whatever. I, I would send them to Macy's, you know, so. cause I, I would get like, sometimes women call me to want to make a, a suit for their husband, you know, and, uh, you know, how much is a pattern? I says, you know, the, for the, the price of just a pattern, you could you go buy the whole suit, you know, and forget about the, the goods. And plus, you can't make it at home. You, you, you can't make a men's suit at home. You know, the construction that goes into a men's suit, you know, with canvas and underpressing and shoulder pads and, you know, all that kind of thing. You know, it just doesn't, uh, you can't, it doesn't, doesn't work at home, you know. So I usually yeah. just talk, talk them out of it. Yeah, you know, I think I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't want to steal the money, you know, uh, yeah. like, that, that kind of thing. 
So, anyway, what else you got there, Philip? Yeah, well, you know, you were talking about um, all these, uh, I guess, brands or, or, or maybe stores that probably don't exist anymore. I mean, what, what do you, uh, has, I guess, like the independent designer who's trying to sell online, has that kind of taken their space in the industry um, where you had these previously, um, I don't know, players that would just sell to other businesses. Now you have more folks just trying to sell their own thing online, which as, you know, a new medium. Is that? Well, sort you of, know, for know. me, I had one guy only only sold online. He was doing some like, you know, khaki type of pant, only sold online. He was pretty successful. He did well. You know, he did well. And uh, I made patterns for him for quite a while because he needed different styles. Uh, and then he found uh, India, or he found China, and he, it was a, that was the end of me and anybody that was working for him in New York, you know. Uh, and that's usually no. what happens, you know. If they have any kind of success, they're gone. They're gone because you yeah. know offshore is always cheaper than what we can make here. There's no no question, okay. Uh, so. And then they get a uh, like uh, an agent or whatever. He doesn't even go to India. He has an agent, and the Indi- the agent goes. They send him samples, yeah. and it comes out close enough. And he sells online, and bang, you got a business. You know. So I don't know about your experience, uh, George. If you got people like that that just sell online. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, like early, early on, there were these guys that. Uh, were students and then they developed, I think I might've talked to Philip briefly about it last time. Uh, you know, these, these uh, MIT grads, they wanted to do like a, a dress shirt that was antimicrobial. So like you can sweat and it doesn't retain the sweat and it doesn't smell okay. and all that stuff. So we did, you know, we did a couple, we did like about two or three production runs and then they, you know, then they found uh, another manufacturer, uh, which I believe was overseas um, right. but they were, you know, they, they got to a point where they actually opened a store of their own brick and mortar, oh, okay. um, in Soho, uh, and they sold yeah. online and, you know, and, and, uh, all right. That's, that sounds be, like a uh, success story. Correct. Yeah. That would be a pretty good success yeah. story. Um, yeah, but your, but your, yeah, your, I mean, your, uh, experience is the same as mine. As soon as they started making any money, they were gone. You know, they went, yeah. they went overseas. Well, it was cheaper. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do have one brand now that, that, um, she does her own line and, uh, she has her own store in like Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she seems to be doing pretty good. I mean, we're still doing stuff. Um, she makes stuff, uh, she repurposes quilts, uh, to make, uh, oh, interesting. Right. like jacket garments, uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. And she yeah. seems to be doing pretty good. So yeah, interesting. Because um, I, I, I know yeah. every time I went to Hurtling for ages, um, Anthony the cutter, he was always working on some mm-hmm. weird, <laughs> some weird fabric. And I guess it was a woman's line, which um, I guess one of the first ones that Hurtling ever took on because they're all men's. And I guess the designer wanted to repurpose things. There was some things that looked like quilts, and some things that were just um, I don't know, almost like. I can't remember. It, it, it was, it was like fabric that was certainly for something else. For I don't know what it was. Maybe it was um, cotton bags or, or something. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did a. Um, I did a couple of jackets for a woman 
that was using upholstery fabric. And you know how, like, thick that is and thick and it, like, yeah. doesn't move, upholstery fabric, you know, especially, uh, like, the kind of paisley-looking stuff, you know, it was really thick, thick fabric. And she was making it's these like jackets. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, it was, like, you know, like really yeah. stiff, you know. And, uh, I mean, stuff was beautiful, but, man, it, 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 was, it was tough to wear because the woman couldn't move in it. But, you know, it was a very high-fashion stuff. And her customer was was that customer, so you know. Uh, remember Ricardo Montalban? He would always say, you know, better to look good than to feel good, you know. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, as long as you look true. good, that's all that counted, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I guess we we sort of touched on it. I, I'm I'm kind of curious, like, what is I don't know the, the co- correlation between uh, stuff that you you guys think is I know, practical and, and going to work versus um, the success of the design and, and the brand. Because it seems like there's some things that you all think, this this will never work. This is not a good idea. And then it becomes successful. I'm just wondering, is that more of an exception or is it you know more you're in line with, you think it's not going to work or you think it's going to work and it works just like you thought? For me, it would be the exception. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So we should that, listen um, to you all, you know, right? This yeah. is kind of the... Yeah. Well, you know, you can you can listen. Like I said at the beginning, I, I like a designer that has a strong sense of what he wants. You know, that's the easiest guys to work for. Uh, but the uh, the guys that are, you know, really, um, from my experience anyway, that are, are kind of do something really new and, and different, it usually doesn't go anyplace, you know. Uh, but then a lot of it is his money. George touched on that before. Money is really key. I mean, you know, these guys go broke before they can get one 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 garment in a store. They're already at the uh, at the end of their budget. You know. Um, you know, luckily for me and George, you know, I'm the I'm the first guy they come to, so they still they still have money. Okay, and George is the second guy, and they still have some money. You know. Should and uh, but uh, once they got a product, once they say, "Oh yeah, now I got it." Now the real fun begins. Try to finance the damn business, you know. So it's uh, it's tricky, and it's, it's tricky. But I, I've seen more guys go out of business because of money, who were talented guys, and they weren't crazy. They were ta- talented, and you know, stuff was really dead on for its time. Went nowhere. You couldn't you couldn't finance the damn thing. You needed a. Uh, Really deep pockets to get these these companies off the ground. Yeah. Hence all the celebrity so, designers now. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's a celebrity wants to have their own clothing brand. Probably because it's a license. That's not a designer. That's well, a license. Okay. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. I mean, these, which, these which guys are will put, the, put their name on a loaf of bread if they company. pay them enough. Sorry. What was that? George? I'm sorry. What was that something? <laughs> no. What did What did you say? Oh no! I, I was just saying that, like, in, in any any brand that is uh, brand, if you, is not, not really a good word, but for in my in my mind, but any 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 musician, athlete, or uh, someone famous with a name uh, that's being used uh, in a brand of clothing uh, is done by a, 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 another comp- a, a major company, a big company that right. focuses. The- uh, specifically on that, which with uh, whether you call it licensing or licensing, uh, it's all private, licenses, private, right. private, private, private label. I think some people call it uh, that. 
Yeah. Uh, well, private label is different yeah. than, a, than a license. I mean, most of these designers, yeah. you know, <clears throat> that they start out with, with you know, just to, and they, they know they're going to lose money at the end of the day. They're not in it to make money. They're in it to sell the license. If they make a splash and they hit some magazines, they sell the license, and that's that's the golden ticket. Okay, so they can, if they've got enough money to get to get a product out there and to get some press on it, and to, you know, get in certain magazines or on TV, or so who's wearing it, or who's you know was wearing this, uh, whatever. They just want to sell the license. They have no intention of making clothing. They just want to sell the license, and that's that's where the money is. You know, basically. You know that's where the money is, and um, um, Peter. I remember Peter Max. Peter Max was a artist. You guys remember the name Peter Max? I do. Did the psych- psychedelic drawings, and you know, if you picture the Beatles' Yellow Submarine, the, the, that kind of thing. He was, he was a painter. He was a good, good artist. And he was. Very oh, he's the one who did artist. the album cover for them. Okay. No, I don't know if he did the album covers, but he he oh. would he would draw these high psychedelic type uh, drawings, Peter Max, back in the seventies and eighties, seventies, and uh, so he wanted a licensed clothing, you know, and uh, what the oh, hell? So you can put those drawings on clothing. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hmm? And he wanted to to put his art on the garments. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he didn't want to do anything. He just wanted to make money. This guy, <laughs> you know, that was my experience. He was, you know, and he had an agent that contacted me and, and asked me if I could place it some, some place, and uh, I always did. I came close, you know, to get Peter Max on, on some suits, but it uh, didn't uh, didn't work out, you know. But anyway, and then you take Pierre Cardin. He was like the king of licensing, you know. Pierre Cardin. He had his name on everything. Cardin, you know. Oh yeah, Pierre Cardin was, yeah, was, uh, cheap, cheap and cheap and label because he was the real deal. Pierre Cardin, he was he was a really very talented. Towards the end, right? Doing, toward the end, he you know he would put his yeah. name on a loaf of bread. Pierre Cardin, you know, he uh, <laughs> he, he had very very cheap clothing at the end, but he was making a ton of money. Making a ton of money. That was, okay, so that's good. That's good then. I mean, that was that was. <laughs> yeah. That was his goal. That was his goal. That was his goal. That was his goal. Yeah. And so about clothing quality, I guess, uh, you know, people always say, oh, it was better back in the day. Uh, Is that, I mean, I don't know. What what is your feeling about um, clothing quality? Is it declining? Quality of clothing? Yeah, the quality. Is it declining? Is it trying to get, you know, people are just trying to make things cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So is it getting worse or, or, no. or is technology getting, making it, I don't know. It, what do you all think? I guess, let me just say that. I'll let George answer it first. Let George, you, you go. I talk uh, too much. <laughs> no, Tony, I, I'd love to hear uh, your answer on this. Uh, but if I'm going first, I, it's hard yeah, to sorry. say. I, I, um, I mean, obviously there are, uh, you know, monetarily cheaper garments uh, that exist in the market today. Um, but, you know, I would say Uniqlo is an example of where uh, it's really good quality for the price. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the value proposition there is, is amazing because, you know, um, it, they have basic things, but they're constructed very well. Uh, the quality control yeah. is there. Um, so yeah. is that a, is that a uh, vertical company, like, George? Is that a, they have their own 
is that a vertical company that they have their own uh, their own contractors, their own shops? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure, uh, but I, I know that they definitely have you know a lot invested in everything from like the types of fabrics they use and stuff like that, which is not necessarily you know like I, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a great quality fabric, um, but it feels it feels nice and it's sewn well. So mm-hmm. um, from that standpoint, yeah. I would say the quality is. Uh, Pretty amazing. Um, compared I, I, to to, I totally agree. The, the, stuff too, that's, uh, you know? <clears throat> the stuff that's coming in from offshore, the, the quality is, is certainly there. The needle, the needle is perfect. I mean, you look at, you go to Costco, and you go buy a shirt in Costco, and see the way that shirt is made, even the fabric, everything, the, the way it fits. Okay? You look, just take a look at that shirt that they, they retail at, uh, at seventeen ninety nine or whatever it is. All right? Uh, you, you can't, you can't beat that. So I think the quality is actually getting better. You know, uh, when you start spending $5,000 for a suit, well, I have one custom, I swear, I couldn't believe it. He charges $12,000 for a custom suit. Okay. He's over here on a, on a North Shore. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was, I was shocked myself. $12,000, you know? Uh, you know, I mean, not too many people can afford that, but the guy's been in business for 50 years or something, you know, anyway, uh, sometimes a suit that's made like that all by hand, you know, really expensive suit, expensive fabric is not going to last as long as a suit that you can go into, uh, you know, uh, just be Cy Sims or Macy's or, or, uh, not target, but, um, you know, what's some of the, uh, you know, um, some of the, the cheaper discount guys. Um, like if you were like TJ Maxx, but you get the name brand. Yeah, TJ, that's what I'm thinking. Of. TJ <laughs> right. Maxx, right, right, right. Like you know, that, that, that's kind of like yeah. Cool. That's gonna that's gonna last a lot longer. You know, they're, they're made out yeah. of iron. You know, so yeah, quality's there. You know, it's you get what you you get what you pay for, and every you know they any clothing manufacturer wants to put out the best product product that they can. You know, um, so. Uh, but as far as the, you know, I mean, uh, the, the custom made suit that, 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 with that, or anything custom really, I mean, there are people who are custom making, not suits, but like, you know, like uh, shirt jackets and stuff like that for themselves. Uh, you know, the, 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 the difference is that you, as the buyer get to really control like, oh, I want like this kind of fabric with this kind this color right. stitch and that kind yeah. of sleeve with this kind of collar. So, so that you know, it, it is a special thing where, you know, you can, I mean, if the, if the people exist and uh, who are doing these businesses in other countries, states, or anywhere, you know, you can go in and, uh, and, and have, if you have that service, that's, that's kind of cool too, right? You're, you're you have yeah, like a one of That's all about, that's what custom is all about. You can have it the way you, the way yeah. you want it and you pay up for that, yeah. you know, but that's, that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's a big, it's a big business, you know, custom clothing uh, is a big business. In fact, you know, whatever clothing you see now in New York, <clears throat> a lot of it revolves around custom. It's just too, too expensive to make a men's suit, you know, where, where Philip is going to the, the it's called best now. I mean, he's, Basically, one of the last guys in the city that's making menswear the way menswear should be made. You know, um, this it, it just there used to be dozens of shops like that, dozens, and uh, not anymore. You know, not anymore. So, 
not anymore because uh, they moved, or not anymore because they don't they don't exist anymore. Well, they, I mean, they, 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 anyway, they don't exist. You can't, you know, you can't get the no. the operators. You can't, you know, uh, nobody nobody aspires to that to be a to be a uh, uh, you know like the the Italian. Uh, it was always an, uh, an Italian thing. It's just hard to get people to to work there, and they, you know, they, the suits are expensive. It's a dying, it's a dying business. That that uh, that business. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll always be there. It'll always be the little the little shop, the guy making custom clothing. It'll always be there, and and right. they may they may last forever because they're the last of Mohegans, this best best company. So they may last forever because there's nobody. They they don't have much competition, you know. <laughs> Uh, am I right, Philip? Yeah, like you were saying that no one wants to learn it. So who's taking it over, or who's continuing well, it? I don't know, George. For somebody else to worry about. I don't know. You know, I always said, <laughs> I said before, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> when we're gone, you know, my my generation, when we're gone, people are not going to walk around naked. They're going to figure it out. Okay, <laughs> you know, that's true. They're going to figure it out. Somebody will take it over. Somebody will, you know, no matter it'll. It'll still be there by some by some way or another. It'll still be there, you know. So, uh, know. Philip, I you need to you need to get in contact with some I don't, people I don't in worry like about Seville, it. Seville Row or uh, what? What else is there? Are there like any places in Italy that are still known for this type of work? Well, uh, Milan has got the huge, uh, you know, clothing clothing things, a big men's clothing thing. I think. I think Brioni is in Milan. They have a very expensive suit. Oh, they do custom okay. work, but they also do off the rack. You know, Brioni is also off the rack at six thousand yeah. dollars a pop or something like that. Crazy <laughs> prices. Yeah, something, you know? something crazy. Um, and even like you know Ralph Lauren's purple line. I don't know where they make that, but they make a gorgeous suit. You know, it's really uh, it's it's a very very slick line, the purple line. So I'm not sure where where it's made. Honestly, it could be made in Italy. I mean, Italy's still a big place. It's still, still cheaper to make it in Italy than it is to make it here. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think on the note of the um, I don't know dying breed and, and all that, I was curious: have have you, either of you had young like young people who asked you or or came to your place to try to learn or apprentice anything like that? Is that and and how long ago did that happen? If that did happen, well, you know, if you want apprentices, go to FIT and Parsons, and they're all, you know, they're all aspiring to get into the industry. You know, FIT. So there are people that that want to join the industry and and whatnot. Um, have I had people come in? And uh, I mean, I've I've trained some people. None of them ever went anywhere in the industry, but. Uh, I've had young, young, young guys working for me over the years, and uh, but the, none of them stayed in the industry. They went into something more lucrative, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it's hard to make money in our industry unless you, like, like George and me, own the place. It's hard to make money being a worker in a shop, my shop or George's shop. I mean, you make a living, but you're not going to set the world on fire, you know. So, um, right. is your shop union, George, or no? Uh, it is not. No, okay. We used to be union, so at least they had a uh, some standards, and they made a living. You know, it was uh, just, you know, kind of pattern making made a living. You know, that was it. So you don't get a lot of people trying to 
you know, break down your doors, Philip. Yeah, I mean, not not necessarily, yeah, necessarily to work, but but they'll come in and you know they, they you know there's a lot of, I get a lot of people who want to you know pick your brain about pick my brain about you know where to get the where where do I go to get this or that or, or you know and 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 I generally you know if I have enough time I I try to give out the, as much information as I can so yeah you know that it, it kind of helps out everybody else uh, or may or may not help at all but um, you know it's like uh, if you're looking for a good place for silk or if you're looking for a good place for um, shirting fabric right. or, you know, those type of right. things, you know. Right. Yeah. Probably yeah I the mean, same way that, uh, same with so me. If I can help somebody, I would help them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you give them your sources and it's, you know, you you never know what uh, what's going to come back to you. Sure. I mean, I would always try to help you. I mean, I, I taught one year. I taught for a year at FIT. Yeah, I, I wow. thought it would be a good way to segue into retirement. Uh, meantime, I didn't like teaching. It was uh, way more work than I thought it was. You know, yeah, I got a whole new respect for teachers after I taught for a year. You know, what, was, what did you uh, teach? I taught men's design at FIT. Oh, know. design. Okay. Yeah, men's men's design and pattern making, and you know, first how to draft a pattern. I had to go back to school myself to to remember how to draft a pattern. You know, uh, yeah, because you don't you don't use that stuff anymore. But uh, you know these entry level uh, kids, uh, kids, some were in their thirties. Uh, and, and did you uh, volunteer I, for that, or did they reach out to you? I made a. I heard there was an opening in the men's department at FIT, so I said, "This is, you know, maybe this might be something for me." I had had a partner one time that worked there who who liked it and it was doing well, and he was in, in on the tailoring end of it, you know. So I what made a play the, for the job. Ben Martin. Okay, yeah. Okay. Ben Martin. Uh, and okay, so I made a play for the job. I met the head of the department. who was a younger guy, and uh, uh, he—he, I don't know if he knew who I was, but he he knew what I did, and maybe I'd, may have heard of me. I'm not sure. But I got the job on the spot. You know, I mean, right then I got the job. I mean, I, I didn't even go to college, and I got. And, uh, the next day they called me for professor. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, which was kind of cool, but um, it wasn't it wasn't for me. I had no training in how to teach, you know, and I, I just I just would did not enjoy it, you know, <laughs> and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work teaching, you know, so I did it. I did it for a year and uh, so I was gone. That was it. And uh, they they weren't they were not unhappy to see me go either. <laughs> you know, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, but it was a good experience. I I I, uh, I enjoyed the I, I enjoyed the experience more after the fact that I did while I was there. Yeah, uh, just working my butt off. You yeah. know. Well, because my yeah. brother is a teacher, and yeah, I mean, yes, it seems like there's a, a ton of work, um, and, and he usually doesn't really want to talk about it because it takes up so much of his time that when we do chat, yeah. he, he would rather talk about something else because it, it's like. There's all that time you spend um, at work, but um, you know, and, we're, and you're actually like working all the time. Like you're at work. Uh, it's not like you know. I don't know. I, I've had yeah. <laughs> a, a different yeah. job where you're not really working 100 percent of the time, but you're standing all the time. You're talking to kids. You're you're supposed to teach them all the time. There's no, I don't know, break where you just yeah. You know, know I, I I know. Listen, I I worked. Uh, I had I was working six hours a week in the school. 
Meantime, it was 26 hours a week just checking homework and preparing and, you know, especially uh, homework. I mean, it was such complicated stuff they had these kids doing. Uh, anyway, let's talk yeah, about something subject. else. <laughs> well, well, I guess yeah. – um, <laughs> uh, so I guess, George, um, I guess for, for you, did you have any – I mean, like, did you have any young people come in for for – I don't know. You you mentioned back in the day it was easy to get folks, but I mean, what's it like now? Is it difficult to to get people? Uh, as as uh, just like as or, or just you know or folks as, to you know work. I, I don't I don't know. Do you do? You, how do I say? I mean, because oh, I've been uh, to your your shop and many other factories. It's kind of like older folks that that work there. Is it? I mean, do you yeah, do you ever definitely. have trouble getting folks to? I don't know. Do you ever worry? Does that worry you? Uh, I mean, at times I've thought about it, but I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the 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 you know, like Tony was saying before, like that not many people are interested in doing these things. If, if, if you know, if they're going to uh, coming out of university and stuff like that, they're, you're not you know, you're not trying to be an operator or a, right, uh, exactly. You know, and that kind of work. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but the, so at least in New York, I mean, the, 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 the skills required to do the job, uh, you know, are retained, are, are you know, are retained by like a lot of, uh, new coming immigrants. Uh, I've noticed that. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, so I, I believe the, you know, th- there is, I guess a pool, if you will, um, but for me, at least, uh, in my setup, the, the people that uh, that work for me um, have been with the company for you know more than ten years. Uh, there have been a few people who have left and then come back, or um, or actually yeah. started their own. How many own. people do you have uh, working for you, George? How many people in your shop you have working for you? Uh, well, no, I mean, now it's only like uh, about. Um, let's see, five operators and some so, uh, two cutters. So about 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 ten people right now. Okay, uh, you got a full time pattern maker, right? Uh, yeah. So the, uh, the but the pattern maker actually works from home now. <laughs> so oh really? I, That's uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so kind of like you now, I have to like right? drive to. Yeah, kind of like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you yeah. are you are you still are you still doing patterns, funny? Are you just like I you know I didn't think I would your, you know your but um, um, Philip needed some more corrections and I I still have Disney you know that um, I'm doing stuff for and they just uh, are you, they're oh, on the okay. verge of yeah the Disney Disney is opening up. I don't work directly for Disney I work for for a subcontractor to Disney. And, um, right. So they're, they're opening up now. And in fact, we've got a couple of styles that, uh, we're going to put a bid in. I'm, I'm not, my, my guy is going to put a bid in. So I'm a sub subcontractor to, uh, to Disney, but I've been with Disney for 30 years now. You know, I mean, they know me very well. And, um, Oh wow. 30 years. So yes, what kept me just keeping the lights on for a long time was, uh, was Disney, you know? So, so anyway, I'm able to do the majority of it just on a computer with Disney, you know, because they reuse the same styles. So once I've got the style in the system, it's just a question of, uh, you know, knocking out the markers. And um, 
you know, that's easy to do from any place. I, I, I do it from here. I do it from home. You know, email the markers into, um, you know, somebody prints it for me. You do your, my old shop there, you know, popular pattern. They'll print it and deliver it. So makes it easy, you know. And then, you know, the couple of times a year they need new styles. You know, I can I can do some of it from here, you know. I thought I would not work at all, but uh, it turns out that I'm working not much, but, uh, you know, a little bit. A little bit. So, anyway. Um, Philip, I'd like to start to wrap it up. Yeah, so if you got yeah. anything more you want to, you well, know? Uh, you know, I, I understand. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm close to that, too. I mean, George, uh, was there, I mean, I don't know. You want to add anything? You want to share anything? I don't know. Uh, well, I, I'm just curious as to like, like what, you know, what it was like for Tony. I mean, he was saying, uh, I don't have a specific question. I would just like, I guess, more insight into, um, what it was like working for your father, uh, yeah. early on, um, yeah. and, and, and kind of describe like what, what New York was like, uh, where, I mean, so now I, I assume it's kind of like what current day is like flat iron right uh, we were saying between like i can 14, tell you george that it has that has changed you know a lot, drastically from when i started to to now you know i mean you wouldn't think of going to work without without a suit and tie and i'm making patterns and you know i'm working in a you know working with my hands and the place is a mess and there's paper all over the place but you wouldn't think of going to work without a suit and tie okay that was suit and tie. Okay, you had you had to. Okay, and uh, you know the uh, prima donnas uh, walking down the street on Fifth Avenue, and it was um, it certainly was much much different times. You know, uh, a designer would come in, or and everybody was just dressed, and you know, just nobody would come in in a pair of jeans. You know, that would that would be un, unheard of. And, you know, and that was at suit? the beginning. Me, yeah, I had, yeah, I wouldn't wear a suit working, but I'd, I'd wear a suit to work and then take the jacket off. Yeah. You know, and I'd still have the tie on all day. You know, okay. I still be wearing a tie all day. Well, you know, I'm curious, tuck it into your shirt. Did you design your own suit, or was that you know from someplace else? It always came from one of my customers, whichever guy I liked uh. the most. You know, and whichever guy would give me the best deal, you know, <laughs> so it always came from one of my one of my accounts. Perks of being um, a, yeah. in the industry. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, was, there was some, certain perks, you know, of course. Um, and, 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 did and, your, and did your dad think you wore it well? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no. No, probably not. Uh, he was he he could he could like try out a, a coat and he had a way of standing, you know, a little bit tilted forward that he always make the coat. He always made the coat look good. You know, he always made the coat look good, but, uh, you know, I had high shoulders and I'd break the back a lot and, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, good question. I thought I looked good. So that, that's what counted. <laughs> that's all. That's exactly. That's all that matters. <laughs> right. 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 And, uh, and then people you work for, too. They came in all dry. Now, you know, the designer comes into me. I mean, you look like you want to give him a quarter. Like he's, you know, he's <laughs> panhandling, you know. So, uh, you know, nobody nobody dresses anymore, including me. 
You know, the last few years I was going to work. I, you know, I mean, I, 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 I was, uh, I dressed okay, but I certainly wasn't wearing a tie and jacket and tie every day. You know, but I'd always wear a nice pair of slacks and a nice shirt. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I tried to keep some semblance of the old, uh, the old feeling. You know. I got, and, I and where, where was the office? I'm, I'm sorry. My my first office was on Fifth Avenue and uh, 16th Street. It's fabulous. We're overlooking um, Washington, not Washington, um, Union Square Park. It was great. Wow. It was great. It was a great spot. Well, yeah, I loved it. Right. Okay. Over there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it was nice. We had we had a huge loft to it, half a half a floor. It was huge. Uh, you know, a lot day. of a lot of people working. You know, in those days everything was done by hand, not by computer. So I had seven, eight, seven, eight uh, paper cutters. You know, just cutting patterns all day. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, way way different times. You know, did, did, I, mean, I guess yeah. did New York feel dangerous back then? I don't I don't know what what years we're talking about, but I know my. I, father... Yeah, I never I never felt New York was dangerous mm-hmm. from the sixties to today. I don't feel like New York is dangerous. I don't know. I you know, I read about it more than I I experienced it. I never. I went to high school in in uh, in Williamsburg, you know, oh, wow. from uh, from <laughs> Long Island. I never felt New York was dangerous. I mean, you know, be aware. Don't be a you know guy who walks around with blinders on. But uh, stay out of the wrong neighborhoods. But I never felt any danger in the city. And I have lived I lived there. Many years, and I worked there all my whole life. I never felt New York was dangerous. Never, never. Subways. I've been on a subway since I'm, I'm 13, 14 years old. Um, never had a problem. Because I've okay. seen videos of those subways where there's graffiti everywhere and like the lights are just shaking. Well, they used to be not anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah used back to in be. the day, I was like, wow, that just looks so. Yeah, it was <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, but it was—it was just but, part of. It, was, it just looked that way. People still care. You had to take the subway. There was like. Uh, but you see, yeah, yeah, it's the only way to get around. Subway. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Can't take a cab. And the traffic. New York's always a bottleneck. You know. So uh, uh, I would. I would. I've been taking the subways forever, and um, I always felt safe. Always. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well. You know, I, I know it's getting late, but you know, I, I really loved this episode. I think this is the best one I've had so far. I'd love to have you both again. As, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> we've George and I probably still have more questions for you, Tony. But I'm, I'm sure we could talk more. I mean, what do you guys think? Would you like to? I don't know. I think time? I'm done for a while. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe. All right. <laughs> I think you got a lot of stories out of me. I don't. I don't think I've got much more to, uh, uh, well, to say. You'll, you'll be. I mean, I, I learned so much. But anyway, I. I, I understand. I, I mean, we'll. We'll. We'll see. Maybe you know. Maybe I'll. I'll get you that. Uh, you know, taste of celebrity, <laughs> and then. Um, you yeah. Know, we'll see. All right. But uh, I. I appreciate both of your times. I know it's getting late. So, but and, and this is. I, don't okay. know, I think the best episode so far. So. I'm really thankful that you both were here. And, and believe it or not, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. I had the hiccups for 30 minutes before the call. I was wondering oh if... Oh, so yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. lucky it went away just in time. Yeah. Um, All anyway. right. All right. Well, well, it was good talking to both of you guys. You know, George, it was good hearing from you. Okay. And uh, say, hi to, say hi to Dad. Say hi to Peter. Okay. Yeah. All right. I will. All right. And... Um, and good luck, and I'll be, you know, be in touch. I have anything, you know where I'm going. You know, I'm only going to you. So, okay. 
All right, Tony. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right, All right. be good. All right, Philip, we're done, sir. right? Yeah, we're we're done. We're good. Yeah. Okay. All right, you take care. Also, let me know when you're ready, and um, we'll make whatever you you know whatever you need to do. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you both. All, All right, Tony. Take care. Good night. Okay, you too. Next time. All right. Yeah. I'm All sorry. Right. Good night, guys. Yeah. Good night. All right. Good, good night. Talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good night, All guys. Right. Bye. 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 Bye.